This podcast is intended solely for educational purposes and presents information of a general nature. It is not intended to guide or determine any specific individual situation and persons should consult qualified professionals before taking specific action. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and not those of Milliman. Hello and welcome to Critical Point presented by Milliman. I'm Charlie Clark, a principal at Milliman and director of the firm's Employee Benefits Research Group. With the passage of COVID-19 stimulus legislation this year, many CFOs and plan sponsors are likely seeing in the waning time of 2021 an opportune time to de-risk their company's defined benefit pension plan liabilities. Now, historically, the pension risk transfer market tends to see increased activity in the second half of, of the year, which is only compounded today by low interest rate environment and a likely rise in the PBGC premiums. Uh, the PBGC, by the way, being the Department of Labor's insurer of private company pension programs. But for corporate financial officers who are considering any annuity buyouts, there's an opportunity cost to a 100% pension risk transfer. It could be viewed as, quote, leaving money on the table. So here to discuss pension risk mitigation versus risk transfer are Zorest Wadia, a principal with Melamin. Good afternoon, Zorest. Good afternoon. And Brett Litton, the Employee Benefits Practice Director at Melamin. Hi, Brett. Hello, Charlie. Okay. So Brett and Zorest are joint authors of a paper that evaluates a DB plan pension risk mitigation. And for you out there, if you want to read it, it was just posted to Chief Investment Officer's website. So let's start a discussion on this. Uh, conventional wisdom today in September of 2021 touts that annuity buyouts to a third-party insurer are, quote, safer and, quote, less costly risk mitigation strategy. But the third-party insurers certainly have incentives to promote these transactions. But in your paper, you talk about opportunity cost. Can you provide us with some details on this, please? Sure. Along with the significant costs involved with annuity buyouts, including risk premiums and built-in profit margin for insurers, plan sponsors also need to consider the opportunity cost of losing the future asset returns. For instance, a plan sponsor that engaged in a pension buyout would have missed out on double-digit plan asset returns over the past two years. This foregone asset growth can represent a significant opportunity cost that may even outweigh the risk reduction goal of the transfer itself. That's a great comment, Zeras. And I would I would also add, I have a, a certain client that I'll that maybe I'll talk about in just a little bit, but you know, in their situation, you know, they had a sizable pension plan. And when they see the material and they talk to um, brokers for annuity placements. Basically, the brokers are comparing the present value of all the administrative expenses versus the ongoing expenses. And from that point of view, ignoring the assets, it appears to make sense financially, even though it can be a big one-time upfront cost initially. Uh, But when you look at the opportunity cost with the assets and what those can do for you, it can be a completely different story. So both to Brett and Zorest, um, if not pension risk transfer, what then? What options to the to the CFOs and the CIOs be or should they be looking at at this time? Well, I'm glad you asked, Charlie. As an alternative to risk transfer, 
a plan sponsor can explore risk mitigation. With pension risk mitigation, a company can reduce and manage risk according to its risk tolerance. This is normally done via plan design and risk management strategies, including moving assets into safer investments, such as fixed income assets, instead of equities. With a glide path or similar strategy, a plan sponsor can shed equity risk and take on more fixed income assets as their funded status shows improvement. Now, the ultimate goal of any risk management strategy is to balance assets and liabilities and ensure that they move in lockstep as the plan goes forward. One of my clients that has a pension plan that has about a billion dollars in liabilities uh, several years ago was approached by a annuity placement broker. They did this expense analysis. And from a present value, it, it seemed to make sense that it would be cheaper over the long term to just pony up some money right now to terminate the plans. But as Ras mentioned, you know, there's a lot of expenses that the insurance companies adds as well. And so what they did not take into account were the uh, opportunity costs that of the assets and what those might do for them, as well as the opportunity costs for um, assets of the current plan sponsor that could be used elsewhere instead of the pension plan. So in this case, this company decided to uh, implement a strategic hibernate, hibernation policy that would allow them to uh, reflect and capture uh, the asset returns on the pension plans and allow that to help fund the pension plan liabilities. And at the time, I think the, the estimate was that going through a pension plan termination, they're about 80%, close to 80% funded. And they would have had to put in about $220 million into the pension plan just to terminate it. And they're, like I said, they were considering it because it seemed to make more sense uh, And you look at the, the long-term cost of the pension plan. However, after putting in place the uh, hibernation strategy, instead of spending the $220 million, they kept that in the corporate asset account, used that money for acquisitions and other ventures. And over the last several years, the pension plan has, uh, with those investments, uh, closed that funding deficit for plan termination by the tune of almost $200 million. So, uh, and, and with that hibernation strategy, they took off some risk off the table. They did a few other things we might talk about a little bit later, but the, the assets helped uh, fund about $170 million of that deficit over the last several years. And that that was huge for the company for allowing them to focus assets elsewhere and um, letting those assets continue to grow because the growth of those assets were much more in excess of any expenses on the plans, including PBGC premiums, attorney fees, actuarial fees, et cetera. And so uh, they've only had to put in, I think, $30 million over the last seven years or so. And so very beneficial for them to have those other assets. And they're going to continue with this policy until the plan actually is fully funded, at which time they can terminate without much assets at all. So, so the listeners will forgive me for this kind of cheeky comment that uh, hibernation is, is just not for polar bears, huh? Um, but besides the plan hibernation, uh, transferring pension risks to the plan participants in the form of a lump sum payment could make some economic sense for some companies when uh, the annuity buyout would not. Um, how can a plan sponsor assess foregoing future of asset returns with a lump sum window strategies arrest? While plan sponsors are foregoing future asset returns with a lump sum window strategy, there can be advantages of offering these windows over an annuity buyout for some participants. 
For example, by transferring mortality risk to the plan participant rather than a third-party insurance company, the plan sponsor can avoid paying risk premiums and additional fees based on a profit margin for the insurer. Now, this could be a significant savings. Additionally, a plan sponsor can offer lump sum payouts based on an interest rate that was in effect at the beginning of a plan year. Now, depending on how interest rates subsequently move during the year, plan sponsors can potentially release more in plan liabilities than they would release in plan assets. This, in particular, would result in a balance sheet gain and would not be possible under an annuity buyout transaction. Uh, great points are asked. That, one thing I'd like to add on that, Charlie, as well, is you know when, when uh, plan sponsors do these lump sum sweeps, there's the question of uh, the paternalistic aspect of a pension plan or fiduciary responsibility that plan sponsors have. And with these lump sum sweep windows, there, uh, like Zara said, there might be financial opportunities, but also it's opportunities for the plan participants as well, especially for the benefits that are smaller in nature. So, for example, if a plan participant has accrued only $100 a month in annuity benefits and the lump sum is uh, a minimal amount, uh, that's beneficial for both potentially the plan sponsor and the, and the uh, participant in, in the following ways. One, uh, the cost of administering those plans relative to the benefit value doesn't make economic sense for the plan sponsors. So they can get out the plan, they can get out the benefits that have that are smaller, that as a percentage of cost are higher. But in addition to that, the, the participants are usually happy to get those lump sum sweeps or payouts because they uh, they're not really counting on that money anyway uh, for retirement. It's so small that they would rather have it uh, now as a lump sum and do what they would like with it. And I guess, Brett, that might even include rolling it over if, if they decide to do that to their own personal IRAs. And we're not talking about personal IRAs here, but I imagine that that would be a consideration in any type of lump sum window design. Correct. Okay. So as we get to the end of this, can you just do a wrap up for us on what your your main messages are to the plan sponsors, the CIOs and the CFOs about the true economic value? Well, with the passage of funding relief under the American Rescue Plan Act, a targeted hibernation strategy, as Brett discussed earlier, can make more sense financially over a risk transfer strategy. And that's because plan sponsors now have a longer period of time to pay off their deficits and accumulate plan assets in a far less risky manner. With funding relief, CFOs now have time on their side. The assets in their pension plans can be put to work for them, ultimately putting plans in a more favorable position to terminate when it makes more economic sense. Brett? Yeah, in closing, Charlie, and thank you for leading us in this discussion. I would just add that a quote from the Textron CIO, Charles Van Vliet, who said, why give away perfectly good capital? And I think this plays into here with pension plans as well when you're thinking about um, wrapping up and terminating a pension plan, uh, putting in a hibernation strategy that can reduce risk, but allow the plan to help you fund itself to plan termination is a financially viable uh, method of managing a pension plan. That one that I think is gaining more attention with the passage of new pension relief that Zaras just described. Thanks so much, Zaras. Thank you, Brett. Appreciate your time for joining me in this interesting discussion. Everyone, you've been listening to Critical Point presented by Melamin. To listen to other episodes of our podcast, visit us at melamin.com. And you can also find us on iTunes, 
Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. See you next time on Melaman's Critical Point. <laughs>